Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and this episode is all about coffee. Coffee. Uh, I will say right straight off the bat that I have never drank coffee in my life. I did try, I did have a, a week a week-long sojourn into the world of French cappuccinos, uh, but I, but then like convenience store French cappuccinos. No, really good quality okay. ones. I lived beside this really great place in Nelson, British Columbia. Anyways, it was pretty amazing and really, really powerful. Like it was, I could, I remember feeling the caffeine coursing through my veins. That's how. But then I just stopped drinking them. So I don't know how I avoided coffee for so long. And I don't know how this podcast suddenly is all about me and my coffee drinking. <laughs> it's always but, all about you. But I just... It's all I, about Jeff. It's, it's very unusual, good. though, because most everybody I know drinks coffee. It and is when really I say unusual. I don't drink coffee, they kind of freak out. Well, it is an unusual thing. So this is for this podcast is for everybody but Jeff. Every, so I'll just leave. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here to join us. <laughs> yeah. And you might think, why is coffee a life improvement tip? Well, for for me, coffee has recently taken on a new role in my life because I drank coffee for years, but I often drank instant coffee, much yes. to my, my friends would quite literally gasp when I would haul out the instant coffee. And as I've talked in previous podcasts about taking a little extra time in the morning, taking time to smell the roses, I'm also taking time to smell the coffee and trying to up my coffee game. Jeff, I do like the way coffee smells. I will say that much. Yes. I do. It smells like like a fresh morning. Well, and it's actually an, an olfactory palate cleanser, which well, is why it's used. You'll see a lot of times dishes of uh, coffee beans at perfume stores so that if you're smelling a lot of perfumes, a lot of times you can become desensitized. So they'll get you to smell coffee beans in between scents. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. That's really, that makes sense. Yeah. So Jeff recently surprised me with a French press. Yes. And then I accidentally bought whole coffee beans for a fun, from a fundraiser rather than ground coffee beans. So that forced me to also get a coffee grinder. And it was the best thing I ever did because it's a whole new experience with coffee. So it inspired this episode. I think enjoying a good cup of coffee enjoying the ritual of putting that coffee together or just spending time with friends drinking it is all about a good life. A good life. And the quote for this episode is from Rowan Marley, who is the son of Bob Marley. And Wait quote, a minute, he's not so into coffee, he's into other things. That's <laughs> joking. No, they actually, the Marley family actually does have a coffee. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. They, yeah, That's really coffee, yes, and uh, Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee is one of the world's best. So yeah. the quote is that coffee connects us in so many ways to each other, to our senses, and to the earth that supports the coffee trees. Yeah. I like that one. I mean, it really does. If Whether you're drinking it on your own and just enjoying the aroma the you know like you said even if you're not drinking it and you're just in the vicinity and enjoying the smell i guess well a lot of a lot of like the mystique of coffee is very similar to scotch and whatnot people love the smell of it people seek out certain beans to 
to make their coffee with. It's a it's kind of a connoisseur thing, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually one of the uh, top 10 most traded commodities in the world. So when we're talking commodities, we're talking, you know, top one would be oil, then steel, precious metals, and coffee is right up there. Wow. So it goes to talk about, you know, it goes to show you what the popularity of coffee is around the world. And do you remember on Jeopardy last week, the final... Jeopardy question? I don't recall exactly. So let's see if you remember the answer. Okay. The question is, a 1951 Time article said, since the war, this two-word term for a period of time has been written into union contracts. Oh, yes, I did. That was final Jeopardy, too. That That was. was. That was like the final question. Uh, And I don't remember the answer. Even though the, the theme of this is coffee? Uh, is it drink coffee? It's coffee break. Coffee break. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I actually looked at the article, and uh, was basically due. To, there was a labor shortage, and and as part of the union uh, negotiations, it caused employers to grant break times to their employees in order to get coffee, and that's how the coffee break has become ingrained in North America employment culture. Isn't that interesting? And it is interesting. We often go out for coffee and that's something that's, you know, do you want to go out for a cup of coffee? Do you want to go out for dinner? That's a common saying. Or a cigarette, right? I mean. Or a cigarette. Cigarette breaks. Yeah, cigarette breaks. Goodwill Hunting, uh, a great movie. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, yeah. We watch it together. There's a, a scene in it where he's talking to his girlfriend, Skylar. Well, I guess it's not his girlfriend yet, but he asks, she asks if they wanted to uh, go out for a cup of coffee sometimes. And he said, well, maybe we could just get together and eat a bunch of caramels. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I and she's know. like, and she's like, what? And he's like, well, when you think about it, it's just as arbitrary as drinking coffee. Uh, and it, but it's you know, it, coffee has become a thing, and it's uh, it's a thing the world over. You know, Mark Maron drinks his coffee out of a clear glass. Yeah, I know, and he drinks ice cold coffee because he wants it to go right straight to his veins. Oh, does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, and so a lot of times coffee. people will see him. Remember, it was in the show. It was in the show. Remember when he goes to the spot and he's like, "Oh, that's I right. want it on ice." And in like, the show, we don't do it on ice. It interferes with the beans and all that. That's a great show. It truly is. The show is actually just called Marin. He's mm-hmm. been in a few shows, most recently Glow, but uh, Marin is a show that's essentially based on his life and when he does drink it, coffee out of a clear glass it's it looks like coca-cola yeah or pepsi yeah depending on what brand you like it's whatever you're into <laughs> whatever you're into and actually the first time that whole milk was added into coffee uh was by a dutch ambassador in china in 1660 would you say that a large reason why people drink coffee in the morning is just to jumpstart their day oh yes is it something that wakes them up right? i definitely think that's the case people yeah. like the the caffeine but a lot of people like the ritual the way they like the ritual with tea and and other rituals in their lives a lot of people just find it comforting yeah it's really interesting to me because like i think you get to the point where you feel you have like well uh, like a a necessity to have coffee in order to feel awake right but i've never drank coffee and i always feel awake it's, do you really feel it's awake interesting. yeah you're not a morning person i'm not but I, I don't need coffee to wake up is what i my point perhaps is. you would become a morning person if you drank coffee maybe <laughs> i don't know do you know where coffee comes from columbia I well I, I mean <laughs> do you know how it's grown like what it comes 
Uh, not really, no. It actually comes from trees. Yeah. I didn't know this either. Despite the fact I drink so much coffee, I didn't really know where coffee came from. I know that there are coffee beans, but that was it. Coffee trees are pruned short to conserve their energy and aid in harvesting, but they can grow up to 30 feet high, which is, you know, that's a pretty big tree. And yeah, coffee is. cherries grow along the branches. So it takes nearly a year for a cherry to mature after it first flowers and about five years of growth to reach full fruit production for a tree. And coffee trees can live up to 100 years old, but they're generally most productive between age 7 to 20. So it takes a year to get a tree's worth of full-blown coffee beans? For, to go from flower okay. to the cherry. Wow. Right? And so the basically the cherry is what the bean is contained within. Yeah. And offer, the average coffee tree produces 10 pounds of coffee cherry per year, which is the equivalent of about two pounds of green beans. So those green beans are inside. Okay. And then the beans are processed and roasted. And in about 5%, I found this really interesting, if the world's coffee, there's only one bean inside the cherry. And in this case, it's called a pea berry, and it's a natural mutation. But some people believe it's actually sweeter and more flavorful. And so sometimes they're manually sorted out for special sale cause, because they can get a higher price for them. I remember we went to a really interesting coffee production spot in Nicaragua. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. That was really interesting because they showed us. I should have known, like you asked me earlier about uh, where do coffee come from? I should have known because they told us it came from a tree. They had a tree there. Well, there was a lot us. happening that day. Just, yeah, there was a lot happening that day, right? I yes. won't expect you to understand or remember yeah. all of the... Uh, de- I don't remember all the details of that day, but <laughs> that's a, a story for another podcast. Yes. So all commercially grown coffee is grown in a region of the world called the Coffee Belt. And it's called that because of the climate. Mm-hmm. And it's grown in more than 50 countries around the world. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of countries. That is a lot of countries. Now this this is, is really... coffee grown in the United States. It yes. must be. Eh? Well, actually, one of the best coffees in the world grows in Hawaii, which is part of the United States. Um, it's Kona coffee, and the island it's grown on is only a mile wide, thirty miles long, and the coffee itself grows up the side of the world's biggest active volcano. Holy moly! So, in terms of when you look at the top. 10 list of best coffees obviously it's quite subjective but that kona coffee seems to come near become near the top of the list if not at the top of the list for most of the sources i saw i wonder why for flavor or yeah because it's on the side of a volcano sometimes people just like the story behind something too but i'm sure it tastes good blue mountain coffee of course is also in the top of the list as i mentioned previously and then uh i mentioned about pea berries when you have just the one the one bean inside the coffee cherry and there's a pea berry coffee from tanzania that is uh, among the most popular in the world but according to the manual's website the most expensive is a coffee called Black Ivory Coffee. And it's from northern Thailand, and it routinely hits a price mark of about $1,500 per pound. So how much is that a cup? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Can you imagine? (laughs) That's a lot of math. But these beans actually go through the digestive tracts of elephants. What? Yeah. And they're activated by a particular family of enzymes, and it makes the beans incredibly smooth and flavorful. You know, it's. I wonder if the elephants are 
Like, are they are feeding these? Are they feeding these beans to the elephants on purpose, or is it part of their natural? I was going to ask you, where does the elephant come into the whole coffee production thing? Where does the I elephant think? come into the room? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the? You know, it doesn't make much sense to me that that would make coffee better, but I guess it does. Well, what do I know? There was one. There was an episode of Seinfeld's. You know, comedians in cars getting coffee. I can never remember the name of that show. Is that, that it? That is it. I think <laughs> cars getting coffee. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and they went into a coffee shop, and I think it was the beans had passed through a tiger, or cat, or something. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah. I don't understand what makes coffee better when it passes through the digestive tract of an animal i don't know we don't, don't think know. we don't think it's better when it passes through our digestive tracts do we <laughs> well <laughs> we why do, would we do it with well, an animal when we're benefiting from the caffeine i guess let's get into a little bit of the history of coffee because it has been around for a long long time yeah it was always a trading thing wasn't it yes well and uh, so tori avey wrote an article for pbs and there was a lot of great information in it and tori says that coffee's beginnings are enveloped in mystery and lore hmm. so there's a popular Ethio- ethiopian legend that coffee was discovered by a goat herder and uh, the goat herder found his goats frolicking and full of energy after eating <laughs> the red fruit of the coffee shrub so he tried it himself and had a similar reaction and then after witnessing the strange behavior so he was just frolicking around that's as well <laughs> Yeah, on all fours. <laughs> on all fours, like <laughs> bucking his back up and stuff. And then a monk. Jumping on top of the hay a bales. A monk took some of the fruit after he saw this happening. He took it back to his fellow monks, and then they spent the night awake and alert, <laughs> reacting to, the, of course, the high do- dose of uh, caffeine. Yeah. And interesting enough, caffeine is uh, an inborn plant pesticide, which means it actually protects the coffee fruit from insects. Okay, that makes sense. That is kind of cool, eh? I imagine, though, there were some insect insects that uh, busted through the defenses of the coffee plant and, you know, got the zip from the coffee. <laughs> got the goods. And liked it. <laughs> so early on, the, uh, the coffee fruit w- was actually mixed with animal fat and to create a protein-rich snack bar. It's interesting that they had protein snack bars back then, isn't it? It is. Wow. And so, and then another drink uh, that appeared around 1000 AD was made from the whole coffee fruit and included the beans and the hull. But it wasn't until the 13th century that people actually began to roast coffee beans, uh, which is, of course, the first step in the process of making coffee like we know it today. That's the first step in creating coffee that you could drink. Yes. Right. You could, nobody tried drinking it before. It was well, they did in first. different ways, but this is the right. close, that was the first step to where we're at current day. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about the smell hole? Well, okay, yeah, I was just going to, yeah, but I'm really curious about this smell hole. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say smell I hole? I have no idea what you're you talking about. You ever notice about. like when you buy a bag of coffee, it's got that little hole in it? No, I've never bought oh. a bag of coffee, but. Well, we have some in our house. Okay. And, <laughs> when and they you buy, have smell holes? Yes. Well, okay. when you when you purchase a, a bag of specialty grade coffee, there's like a small pinhole. And sometimes people will, they call it a smell hole sometimes because people will squeeze a bag of coffee to get a whiff of what it smells like when oh. they're in the store to see if it smells good. But it's actually a one-way valve. So when coffee is fresh roasted, it releases carbon dioxide. And when the coffee's ground up, it releases it even faster. So if it were in a completely sealed bag, it would expand to the point that it would burst. If, oh, so oh the, I see. So, so the valve allows It's carbon. a safety mechanism. Well, yes. <laughs> we don't want bursting you coffee want, bags yeah, all over the store. Yeah, you don't the want store. the coffee blowing up in your face. <laughs> 
But the one-way valve allows carbon dioxide out, but it doesn't let oxygen get in because oxygen would accelerate the staling of the coffee. So it, it's twofold. It's it's to, it's a safety mechanism, like we said, but plus it's like a thing for the consumer to smell the coffee and figure out whether or not they want to buy it because, you know. Right. The smell hole part is just a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and all 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 bags of coffee have this. I've noticed. Yeah, I think the higher so end for, ones. The yeah, higher like end you ones. wouldn't get that in Nescafe or something like that. You wouldn't. Well, no. Like a, you just open up the <laughs> container. Um, so during the 13th century, coffee became extremely popular within the Muslim community for its stimulant powers, which proved useful during long prayer sessions. Oh. And by parching and boiling the coffee beans, rendering them infertile the Arabs were able to corner the market on coffee crops because people couldn't grow crops from the seeds. So, in fact, tradition says that not a single coffee plant existed outside of Arabia or Africa until the 1600s. And that's uh, what happened at that point was an Indian pilgrim. Smuggled it out. Yes, left Mecca with fertile beans fastened to a strap across his abdomen. And those beans resulted in a new and competitive European coffee trade. Unbelievable. Coffee's pretty fascinating. Yeah. You know what? I bet you like other things that are like just commonplace are equally fascinating. Like what's the history of sugar, for example? What the heck's (laughs) going on with sugar? I want to know what's going on with sugar. Maybe we should do a podcast on sugar. (laughs) Well, yes, sugar. Maybe we should. It'd be sweet. You could research that one. Yeah. And then tie it into how it means life improvement. Ah, yeah. Well... I'm sure, you know, it improves your life to have sugar on your cereal. (laughs) Voltaire loved coffee so much he drank 40 to 50 cups a day. Wow. Yes. Voltaire. That's the rumor. That's the rumor around Voltaire. And Beethoven was so obsessive about his coffee that he would count out 60 beans per cup. That's pretty strong coffee. He would cut out the beans. Beethoven. Count out the beans. I don't know if it's really... I don't know if it's really strong. I actually wanted to roughly count how many beans I put into a cup, and I'll see if it's close to Beethoven's amount. He just yeah. was very uh, ritualistic around it and wanted you, to always have the exact amount. If you do the same amount of beans, you might be able to write a symphony. Well, that maybe that's the key. Maybe that was symphony. his secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take a coffee break and. So co- coffee plants didn't actually reach the New World until the early 18th century. And they weren't really popular in America until the Boston Tea Party in 1773. Then it was considered patriotic to drink coffee instead of tea. The Boston Coffee Party. (laughs) They're like, we're not drinking tea. We'll have some coffee. How did I'm just curious if you came across this in your research? How did the word coffee become called coffee? Like, what is? I know is obviously the plant is a coffee plant, but like well, how, yes, it has a few different linguistic origins, but I don't have them at the yeah. ready. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna have to do some research and figure that one out for myself. I know Jeff's notorious for just throwing these random questions at me. Yeah, like the what's the you're, history you're, of sugar? You're doing, you're, you're giving such a copious amounts of amazing factoids on coffee. Factoids. I, yeah, I'm all about the factoids. I didn't think I could stump you, to be honest. <laughs> well, thanks. The Civil War and other conflicts that followed also helped to increase coffee consumption. Soldiers relied on caffeine for a boost of energy. And by the late 1800s, coffee had become a worldwide commodity. And then entrepreneurs started to look for a way to profit. So in 1864, two brothers, John and Charles Arbuckle, best last name ever, 
from Pittsburgher, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pittsburgher. Pittsburgher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they bought a newly invented self-emptying coffee bean roaster, and they started selling pre-roasted coffee in paper bags by the pound. They called it Ariosa, and they had a lot of success selling it to cowboys of the American West. Huh. Yeah, cowboys are, are uh, always feature uh, coffee in the movies and stuff. Like they're always just having a coffee or a whiskey. That's true. And then James Folger followed suit and began selling coffee to the gold miners of California. And that blazed a trail for other big name coffee producers like Maxwell House and Hills Brothers. Hmm. And this, this is, I found this fascinating. Teddy Roosevelt is said to have coined Maxwell House's uh, famous good to the last drop slogan oh. after being served coffee at Andrew Jackson's historical home in Tennessee. <laughs> good to the last drop. I can't imagine just having that roll off the tongue. You imagine you're sitting at Andrew Jackson's house and you're yeah. like, thanks for this coffee. It's good till the last drop. <laughs> like, write that down. Yeah. Maxwell. Get that. Maxwell's over in the corner. It's funny that they didn't Maxwell use marketing team. Roosevelt as like, you know, as an author of that quote. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't maybe think they, they do. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they did, yeah. Or maybe it's a rumor they could never 100% confirm. <laughs> and then in the, by the 1960s, a certain awareness of specialty coffee started to grow, and that inspired the first Starbucks in Seattle in 1971. 1971. That's how old Starbucks is? Yes. That's insane. I know. It is insane. That's older than me. So it's 50 this year. Yeah. So today, the grassroots coffee movement continues to grow with an increase in small, independently owned cafes, boasting sustainably, locally roasted, fair trade beans. Yeah, I know here in St. John, New Brunswick, where we do this podcast from, it wasn't that long ago that we had zero coffee places. <laughs> zero you know, coffee like places. Well, we, we had some large franchises. We had some large franchises and stuff like that, but like all these really great, you know, wow. independent coffee places have oh, popped I up. Know. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it is. It's really, really awesome. And yeah. so many great, great different flavors and concoctions to try. You know, I want to talk a little bit about coffee, how to store your beans. So, you know, definitely support your local cafes. They often will not just sell it by the cup, but sell it by the bean, sell it by, you know, the bag of beans. According to the National Coffee Association, you should keep your beans airtight and cool because the greatest enemy of coffee beans is air, moisture, heat, and light. So you should keep them in an opaque airtight container at room temperature you know, not in direct sunlight sitting on your kitchen counter. And the retail packaging is generally not ideal for long-term storage. So it, it is a good idea to invest in some storage can- canisters that are airtight. Yeah. So I found that really, I, I like that one. So that gives me an excuse to go buy a really beautiful airtight coffee canister to put onto our counter. That's right. And Marie Kondo somewhere will sigh and say, you've just cluttered up your counter. Or she may sigh and say... This really brings you joy, Amy. Good call. I think that's what she'd say. <laughs> and when you're buying your coffee, just buy the buy the right amount. Buy something that'll last you like one to two weeks, ideally. And, uh, and that way it won't go stale before you get a chance to enjoy it. And when you're grinding them, you should really just grind them just prior to using them. You're still learning that process with your grinder, I think right? you got it down. You got her down now? Yeah. And, and well, I mean, the one that you had, the the seal didn't, didn't work, but you got that figured out as I well. do, yeah. Okay, I just yeah. didn't have it assembled the right way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was well, definitely that, user error. Well, that's uh, just, you know, beginning 
growing pains. Some people may wonder if freezing your beans can make them more fresh. And all, experts usually agree that coffee should just be consumed as quickly as possible after it's roasted. And the fact is a lot of home containers, they just aren't 100% you know, sealed. That's why a lot of our food gets freezer burnt in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And coffee is known to absorb moisture and odors and tastes from the air around it. Coffee is also hygroscopic, which is our definition for this episode. Hygroscopic? Right. Hygroscopic means it's a substance that readily takes up and retains moisture. Say that again. Hygroscopic. Yeah. It means it readily takes up and retains moisture. Huh, okay. Which is why if it's in the freezer, it'll kind of take the smells and, you know, when you store something in the freezer and it's not, it sometimes can taste or smell like other things in the freezer. Absolutely. That's when you need that baking soda. Right. That's why you don't, you don't leave like the apples in the same part of the crisper as you put the onions. Yes. You know, it's just not a good idea. Don't do it, people. Yes, don't do it's it. tempted. Even though they're both round, they don't need to go in the same place. Your apples will taste like onions. I'm telling you. <laughs> coffee tables. Coffee tables have been around since the 18th century. I was I was curious about this because yeah. how many beverages have furniture named after yeah, them? Yeah, you don't have pineapple end tables. Or pineapple <laughs> you do have juice tea carts, I guess. But, um, yeah, so tea carts. That's right. They used to be actually really tall. And they would be you know tall enough to be behind sofas. In the 1950s and onwards, people started to pick them up and they they were um, of the lower style because that would not obstruct the view of the television. You could put <laughs> your cups and your glasses on them. Same with the TV trays. They were a little lower as well, right? Those little... Those well, cheap. they... Yeah. They, you could bring they, the tray and you right, put it on you, the actual, you know, the, the actual skeleton of the tray. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. Well, they would fold up and they, they would... They would fold up, right. And you fold could away. pull them right up to you while you're sat on That's the couch. That's right. Yeah. But they never went above the TV, just so, like coffee trays. So coffee tables kind of had to, to get... They got lower and then they... Yeah, became popular because they didn't block out the television. Yeah. It's all about priorities. Uh, Instant coffee is actually made, they brew the coffee full on. So it's roasted, ground, brewed, and then the water is removed and it just leaves behind the dehydrated crystals. So you just add the water back to it. And I guess they let it dry, though, right? They let it dry. Well, yeah, that's what the dehydration part comes in. Oh, yes, that's what dehydration means. Right. That's a second definition for this for this episode. For me only. Dehydration. Coffee actually has a ton of health benefits. I can't even get into them in this episode, but I was surprised to read, you know, everything from antioxidants to helping guard against certain chronic diseases. Really? Yeah. Does it I have mean, any like pitfalls though? Well, like anything, fun? if you if it's drank excessively, yeah. yes, it will, uh, particularly because of the caffeine. Yeah. But a moderate amount of caffeine has health benefits as well. Yeah. Interesting. And, I mean, there are a ton of different roasts. I came across a great website called Home Grounds, and it talks about the fact that even choosing different roasts and beans uh, can depend on your brewing method. So if you're using a French press, for instance, you might want a medium to dark roast. What is a dark roast in comparison to a medium roast? Like, I don't... Is that just how long you roast the beans for? Well, so... A dark roast is a roast that produces uh, shiny black beans with an oily surface, and it Those has your a more pronounced bitterness. Pref- preferable. And usually less acidic. Roast, right? 
Well, everybody has a different taste. It's really yeah. just a matter of taste. A lot of people think that dark roasts have more caffeine, but uh, actually it's the lighter roasts that usually have a slighter, higher concentration of caffeine. There are light roasts, medium roasts, yeah. medium dark roasts, and dark roasts are sort of the most common, but it is a really a matter of taste. And uh, it's the same with, uh, it's interesting how people take their coffee in many different ways. I'm sure when coffee first began, it was just pure black right? Just black coffee. Then they started adding things to it, like, you know, creamers and whatever. Well, right. Milk. I talked about when it was yeah. milk was first added to it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think people, like anything, people will mm. adapt it and, and make it their own and, and cultures will change it and, and serve it in their own unique ways. And I want to talk about a quick little takeaway for this episode because uh, we covered a lot around coffee. And I think well, we all enjoy the ritual of coffee if you're a coffee drinker. And you probably get into the habit of ordering the same cup every day or making the same thing. But I would encourage you to, one, support your, your local cafes. There are a ton of them around. And particularly during you know an ongoing pandemic, we get a we have to support our local businesses so that they're around for the long term. But go in and ask at the counter, ask your uh, barista what the most popular coffee is and try something different. Just go with it. Go with whatever. Or just ask them maybe what their personal recommendation is. Yeah. And try something different, something that you haven't. You may discover a completely new flavor that you just love. Depending on your caffeine tolerance, maybe do that in the morning rather yeah. than in the evening. Yep. <laughs> Every I don't know. Some people say that they can drink coffee, you know, right up until. Uh, I, I don't know how time. people do that, but uh, the caffeine would just be too much for me. Coursing through the veins. Yep. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed researching yeah, this episode. I learned a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go go pour yourself a nice hot coffee right now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till Til next time. time.